0: For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bowl here, and joining me today is my good friend, Jeff Brown. Uh, Jeff is an award-winning radio producer and personality, actually back in the day, one of the fun first things that we realized is that he my brother's band for those of you who know me know my brother plays in the the band need to breathe had been on Jeff's radio show um, back in the day Uh, and so he's a radio producer and personality turned uh, uh, podcaster so he was was a kind of a radio morning show host Uh, and after a 26 year career in radio Jeff went boss free in 2013 and um, soon after that launched Uh, a podcast called the Read to Lead Podcast, which went on to become one of the top business podcasts on the internet. Um, I've been on there uh, a couple of times. We've sponsored the show once or twice with Self-Publishing School. Uh, And he recently wrote and is in the middle of launching a book by the same exact title. Um, So the book called Read to Lead. You can see copy in my hands here if you're watching the video version uh, on YouTube. So um, what we're going to be doing uh, today is talking about behind the scenes uh, of this launch and of this book. All right, so Jeff, great to have you here.
1: Thank you, Chandler. I'm excited to be here. This should be fun.
0: Hey, the, the tables have turned. Uh, I've been <laughs> interviewed uh, by you a couple times on your podcast. I'm excited to dive in uh, and, and, uh, and, and do the reverse, and I'll see, you know, my, my My radio voice isn't as good as your radio voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You've got loads of personality (laughs) (laughs) though.
0: So, Jeff, why why write and publish this book? Why now?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, doing a podcast where I interview authors exclusively, I've been asked, Chandler, for years. In fact, you've probably asked me this question at some point. When are you going to write a book, Jeff? And I would always have some sort of non-committal you know, type answer of, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll do that someday. Um, and frankly, the, the, the thought of the whole process just overwhelmed me, if I'm being honest, and thinking of you know what goes into that and how much work goes into that, as you well know. Um, but one day, I was approached by someone who happens to also have his name on the cover of my book, a guy by the name of Jesse Wisniewski. And I had never considered the idea of co-authoring a book with someone taking some of the pressure off, you know, that had been bogging my mind. Uh, Jesse had an idea for a book that he had floated and that uh, nobody had you know, taken a bite of. Um, no um, publishers had, had uh, decided to publish. And um, he came to me and he said, you know, the one thing I lack is, is a platform. That's what publishers are telling me. I don't have a platform, but you do. And, and my book is called The Reader's Edge. It's right up your alley. Uh, maybe we could work together on something. So we talked about it, and we started uh, working together on it. Uh, and the title changed. Obviously, it's named after my podcast now. But uh, uh, very much the um, uh, that Genesis idea that Jesse had has been realized. Mm. And to be able to partner with somebody on the project, uh, to to be able to carry you know some of the load to me has has been hugely helpful. Um, And I can't imagine that whole process having having been more enjoyable and more smooth than it has been. I'm sure there are some co-authors of books who are like, gosh, I can't stand the people I have to write this book with. I don't know. But that wasn't the case for me, for sure.
0: Yeah. And and it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask about that. What was the thought process behind working um, with a co-author? I mean, he came to you, you could have just said, hey, Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm just gonna write that book. Like I've been talking (laughs) about this for years. And so I'm just gonna do that. Like, what for you? What was the thought process behind saying, all right, let's let's co-author this book?
1: Yeah, I I felt like in in this case, two heads were better than one from this standpoint. I'm very much about the stories and the personal experiences and the people I've interviewed on my show over the years. And Jesse's very much the research guy. And that's more his forte than it is mine. And I realized early on with my uh, conversations with him that we complemented one another. Our skill sets complemented one another. Our backgrounds complemented one another. Um, And he had more of a writing background, frankly, than I did. I, I, I again, had a a large platform that could could come alongside this whole thing and and help get the word out. And so everywhere I looked, we had these complementary skills and histories, and it just seemed like it made sense to do it together.
0: It makes sense. Now, what, uh, so I guess that, that'll probably touch on some of what I wanted to ask about here. Um, but what was that process like of working with a co-author? Because you mentioned, you know, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I've had Leif Babin on the podcast, co-authored the book, um, Extreme Ownership with, with Jocko Wilnick. Uh, and, and you know, I, but then there's the flip side, which I always say, it's like co-authoring a book is one of the hardest things that you can do. <laughs> it's you're, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 I, the, the analogy that I use is that you're putting two hands on a paintbrush, trying to paint a painting, right? Oh, yeah. And it can be very difficult. So yeah. how, like, how did you, uh, how did you do that? And uh, how did you guys uh, kind of, yeah, like, how did you guys navigate that process mm-hmm. of co-authoring the book?
1: So what you're trying to tell me sort of uh, in between the lines is had I just done it by myself, it would have been easier in the end. It's (laughs) it's hard. It depends. Sometimes, like you
0: said, it's like when you have complementary skill sets, it's like you can make a better book. Um, But sometimes the process to get into there can be way harder.
1: Well, for Jesse and I, uh, we realized early on that we needed to divide and conquer, and so we built a framework. We we uh, built a table of contents. We 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 came up with chapter titles, and he had he had some already in mind, and I had certainly my opinions on on that and some things to add. And as we looked at those, we basically just decided, okay, what what leans your direction, what leans my direction, um, and let's each of us start there. So you begin begin writing those chapters. I'll begin writing these chapters. And then we'll come together and see how we can, we can um, add to one another's work. So the bulk of, uh, of, of most chapters that I wrote or, or that I started are predominantly written by me uh, with some influence from Jesse after the fact, nice. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. The chapters that he uh, focused on were predominantly written by him. And then I came in and added things where I thought would make it better. Maybe that's a story to begin the chapter, or maybe that's a personal experience with that particular thing. Uh, whereas he might be bringing the research side of it to bear. Um, so that worked really, really well for us. Um, we did, you know, in the developmental edit process, we got feedback from the publisher. And we had to go in and, and rework some things and flesh out some chapters more, and we did the same thing. It was th- sort of a divide-and-conquer type mentality.
0: That's good. I like that. And that's what I've seen be most successful. That's kind of what me and my co-author did with uh, mm-hmm. one of the first. Uh, actually, my first two books were both co-authored. So I always thought, I was just like, man, I'm an idiot. Um, I, did, I did the hardest <laughs> route for the first two, um, but with no, no previous guidance. <laughs> um, but that's good, though. I like the, I like the divide and conquer approach um, and, and kind of working, uh, working at it that way. Knowing what you know now, Jeff, any, any tips that you'd have for people um, who are co-authoring a book, like anything you guys learned in the process that made it easier as you went along?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely setting a schedule to write. Um, I think oftentimes we sit down and we look at a blank page and we think, okay, how do I start? How do I begin? I think in reality, I mean, we're all writers, whether we want to, to call ourselves that or not, we all write uh, for, for varying reasons, emails, whatever it might be, we're all writing all the time. And I find that when I can when I can dial in the note taking of the reading I'm doing, first of all, if you want to write, you need to be a reader, right? Uh, if I can dial in the note-taking that I'm doing, when it comes to writing uh, something like a book or a blog post or whatever, it's really a matter of just going to those notes and making sense of those notes. And so you're not starting with a blank page. Uh, and so when you're doing that, then things like scheduling time to write suddenly are a lot easier in the sense that you're not starting from from ground zero. You're not starting from square one. And so I would try to... Uh, you know, write three or four days a week. I even uh, looked at the six months we had to write and thought, okay, well, how many weeks is that, and how many words do I want to try and write in that time? And okay, how many words is that a week, and how many times a day do I want to write? How many, how many, or how many uh, times a week do I want to write? How many, how many words is that a day? You know, do the math, and and you just break it down that way, and with a tool like Scrivener or whatever the tool is you're using, then you can track your progress as you move along and know on any given day or week, have I written the amount of words I need to write by this point in time? And that really helps keep you focused.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I, I think one of the, uh, one thing I noticed you doing well, just cause we're Facebook friends. Um, we always talk about building puzzles, like leading up to the book mm. launch <laughs> yeah. and not just coming out of a hole one day and saying, surprise, I wrote a book, please buy it. <laughs> buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, but actually <laughs> building up to it. And I think you did a great job, um, gamifying the word count and just posting about <laughs> it. Cause like, I, I mean, it feels like I, I, when I was preparing for this interview, I thought the book had already launched, um, just cause of seeing so much about the book over, over right. months. Right. And I was looking, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. You know, at the time of recording this, interview, it hasn't launched. And by the time most people see this interview, it will be either about to launch or honestly, for most people, it will have already launched. But that's a great example of building buzz, but then also using a, a word count goal and a consistent writing schedule uh, to just post about progress, uh, which I think was really cool. And I think you did an awesome job with that. Well, thank Question you with for that you on, on the business side of things. Um, so how does this book fit in with your business goals? And why is this a topic that you're so passionate about?
1: Yeah, I started my podcast, Read to Lead, because I had a passion for getting more noses in more books. And I thought, well, I can create this podcast where I interview authors and derive the key insights and main ideas from their books and give them to people who are finding it hard to find time to read or uh, they lack a desire to read, but they can get the meat in a few minutes. And maybe over time, they'll, they'll begin to actually dive into the book's themselves. Um, and that this book is really that next step. It's like, okay, we, 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 we live in a world where we, we, we survive on these bite-sized chunks of everything. Our attention spans are you know, on par with goldfish, that sort of thing. It's time to hunker down and really get serious about your life and your career. And to do that, you need to develop the habit of being a consistent and intentional reader. And this book is designed uh, to help you do that. Now, if you're already that uh, then just skip the first part of the book. Just skip the first four chapters and go right to part two, because that's where we get into things like putting what you're learning into action, executing on the things that you're reading, reading more in less time, those types of things. So there's something there for folks who are already convinced this is a habit they need to cultivate anyway. But if you're having trouble cultivating that habit, or if you're not even convinced it's a habit you need to develop, then start at the, start at the beginning.
0: Nice. And I love that you, I love that you focus on the why and the how I was looking through the table of contents Mm -hmm. ahead of this. And I, I even love how practical it gets in part three, which is reading smarter and reading faster. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jeff, we are so, we are both so passionate about this topic. (laughs) 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 Uh, I have created a bunch of training around why you need a company book club and how Mm -hmm. to read more books, how to choose which book to read next. How to absorb more from your reading, all this stuff, and I'm looking through, I'm like, Man, this is great!
1: He stole everything. You talk about what's that? <laughs> he stole everything.
0: <laughs> no, no, um, but I'm like, Man, this is so good, just, just like how practical it is, and all in one book. Um, and, and because I think you know, one of the first things for me when I decided you know, I call it the college dropouts approach to learning because I dropped out of school, but I, I treated it like I was still in school with the way I approached my learning. And I said, all right, a book is a $15 mentor. I want to learn um, through books, right? And read books. And I said, well, um, what's the first thing I should probably do is, well, I need to be a faster reader mm. <laughs> uh, as a C-level English student with ADHD. Um, that, that wasn't really going too well when it, come to reading, <laughs> when it came to reading, but I love that, you know, chapter nine, Double or triple your reading speed. So, like, that's something that you touch on uh, in the book itself. I want to, I want to. I've got a couple of different just trains of thought. I want to ask questions mm-hmm. on, but I guess I'll circle back to the business side of things. Like, selfishly for mm-hmm. Jeff Brown, like, where do you see this fitting in um, with your business goals? And like, how does how do you see this helping you grow your business over the next one year, five year, ten years? This book. Yeah,
1: great question. What what I've really wanted to do with this, um, with this, with these thoughts, with this book, is to take it into companies, take it into executives, take it into teams, and do uh, workshops and corporate training. I've already got my foot in the door. Uh, knock on wood with places like Target and Lowe's and CVS uh, and beyond uh, to do just that. So that's really where my passion is: is to you know, take the podcast, uh, taking that to the next step was the book. The book, the next step is then to take this into into companies and help them build and create reading cultures where maybe that doesn't presently exist. So as I look ahead to the next year or two channel, that's really what I desire to do is is, is in a lot of ways, some of the same things that you're talking about that that you desire to do, and that's help companies Uh, take things like books and understand the power in them and what they can do with their teams when they, when they dive into them.
0: Nice. Well, Hey, we'll help people write, but write and publish books and you help people read more of them. (laughs) There we (laughs) go. I love it. It's a match made in heaven. (laughs) So you you really see this as a, as a kind of a way to credentialize yourself specific to this market and then launch kind of the work, the workshop and corporate training business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Got
0: it. That makes sense. So practically, what does that look like? Um, obviously making a lot of noise with the book launch and we'll, we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a little bit of, of, uh, of, you know, what you're doing to launch the book and all that stuff. But once the book launch happens, what, what, what are the steps that you feel like you're going to take to, to start getting your, as you said, your foot in the door and those first corporate gigs and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I've already begun to have conversations with uh, representatives for some of those companies uh, that I mentioned in coming in, either doing virtual or in person, either half day or all day, or in some cases two day nice. workshops with with first executives and getting executives uh, on board. You know, a smaller group of people, and then if it's if it's a good fit, then taking that beyond them to their teams. And I'm talking predominantly companies. Uh, with frontline employees, you know these are employees who don't have email addresses, they don't have cubicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the CVSs, the Targets, the Lows of the world, the Krogers, the companies. You know with frontline employees who who don't have that typical camaraderie you might find in an Mm-mm. office, you know the regular office setting, and yeah. so. I think that's where a book like this can have the most impact and training that mm. comes out of the book can have the most impact. And so mm. I'm looking for opportunities like that uh, to do those sort of daily or, uh, or rather all day or half day workshops, whether virtual or in person. And then from there, um, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I already have uh, the idea for my next book <laughs> already fleshed out and I've already started on that. So, so uh, as time allows, uh, I'll be working on that uh, on the side and in the margins. Nice. Hey, Chandler Bolt
0: here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right. So go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. And and the beautiful thing about the corporate workshop model, I mean, the book is going to boost your fees for all of that, but then also Mm. the workshops help sell more books (laughs) because you come in and you get paid a a nice fee, especially in the corporate world um, to come in and train on this stuff. And then they buy books for all of Their employees or everyone in those trainings, and either the books are included, which boosts the fee, or people purchase books, which it just—I mean—it feeds the whole thing and 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 builds out the movement of the book, which I think is really cool. Mm. Topically, this is something obviously you and I are both passionate about—is the subject of reading. I really want to speak. I want you to speak to this because I think a lot of times people think like, "Oh, I've got this idea," but I don't know if it's good enough or I don't know if this is enough for a full book. You know, I think some people could look at this on the surface and say, this is a book about reading. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, like, I, I know the punchline before I read it. Um, mm. And how in the world did you write a whole book about this? And, and, but then I look at the, you know what I mean? And, and, but I look at the, yeah. t- the, 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 the table of contents and I'm like, this is this is substantial and and it's mm. and it's very practical. But it's some people would look at it on the surface and say, "Oh, that's just a simple book." Like, mm. I could easily see people not writing this book because they think it's too simple. You know, if they felt called yeah. to write this, very similar to how Alrod's Miracle Morning. It's like, okay, morning routines. You need a morning mm-hmm. routine. There's the book, right? How in the world did you write a whole book around that topic of morning routines? And he did and has sold millions and millions of copies of that book. So what what are your what are your thoughts on that and any advice kind of for people who think maybe they've got a topic that's not enough for a full-length book?
1: Yeah, and I I was very much in that camp. I thought that for years. And when people ask me, you know, when I was going to write a book, I would think thoughts like you just described, like, Oh, I don't think I have enough for a book. And it was people like Jesse who maybe take a second look at that and go, No, wait a second. There, there's a lot here when you break it down, when you really flesh it out. Um, and, and I've done this exercise before. You probably have too of getting out a stack of, um, uh, post-it notes oh, yeah. and, you know, writing a, a, a title and then just start writing note after note, after note, after note of everything that comes to my mind related to that thing. And then when I'm done, I've got, you know, this plethora of post-it notes and then I just start, you know, matching the ones together that seem to, to connect. And suddenly I've got chapters. And then within those chapters, I've got headings and subheadings. And so for me, that exercise, as simple as it sounds, was crucial for coming to the realization that there's a lot more here than I've really given thought to. And another thing, too, in, that I would say about that, Chandler, and I know you appreciate this, is the things that, that come easy to us are oftentimes magic to other people. And so just because something seems overly simple to you, whether it's my book or whether it's Hal's book or any other book... Um, to the public at large, that's often not the case. They read what you've written and something you think is just like common sense. Somebody reads and goes, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, so don't discount things that you think are super simple or, or, or common sense even.
0: That's great. That's great, Jeff. Great feedback. Let's switch gears a little bit to the launch or actually no, before that, um, mm-hmm. how did you get the book deal and how did you decide <laughs> to work with Baker Books?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. Um, uh, Jesse had already been signed with a literary agent, a guy named DJ mm-hmm. uh, Snell, um, and I can't remember the name of his agency now. That's not important. But he's in he's in Florida. I'm in Tennessee. Um, but I talked with him. Really liked the guy, and so it just made sense to to sign with him. Uh, Jesse was already with him, so I did. Um, and he has a great reputation. Represents people like Tony Dungy, who I'm a huge fan of. I'm a big Colts fan, and Tony Dungy used to coach that team. Uh, don't hate me if you're not a Colts fan. Um, and so uh, uh, from there, um, we got together again on the proposal that he had created, and we added my numbers, my platform to the proposal. We added some of my writing samples. We redid the marketing plan based on some of that. We, we listed all kinds of names of people we thought would help us with the launch. As I recall, your name was on that list, and here we are. So thank nice. you for that. <laughs> Um, Maybe I might have
0: so- got you an extra 25 bucks on the advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we, uh, we put it out there. And I distinctly remember sitting at this desk that I'm at right now, Chandler, and I had uh, several books in front of me. And three of them in particular, I was in the process of diving into to do interviews for the podcast Read to Lead. One was Michael Hyatt's Vision Driven Leader. One was Grant Baldwin's The Successful Speaker. And one was a book by Kate Krocco called Think Like a Boss all people I have a lot of respect for. I didn't know Kate well at the time, but was getting to know her. And as I glanced at each of these books and I turned them over, I noticed that all three were on Baker books. And it occurred to me just how many authors I have so much respect for who've done books with Baker. And as I sat here, I said out loud, man, Baker would be cool. And less than two days later, we got word that our proposal had one bite. That's all you need, right? One bite. And that bite was Baker. So here we are about a year and a half later.
0: No way. And 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 how's the experience been working with him?
1: It's been really good. The only um, sort of drawback, I guess, if there's been uh, in the process for me, and again, I don't have anything to compare it to because this is my first book. But our acquisitions editor, right after giving us uh, his feedback and beginning the developmental edit process, left Baker. Oh no! <laughs> so you get we orphaned. Were like, oh, <laughs> we're orphaned. Who's yeah. the new person? <clears throat> so yeah. That was a little disconcerting, but, but Baker picked up the ball uh, pretty well and, and made sure they, they, that everything got pushed through to, to conclusion, obviously.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. Um, and d- did you ever think about self-publishing? Was it, Hey, we, we, we'd love to really just go with the traditional publishing house. What was your mm-hmm. thoughts, thought process on the, on the why behind that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Jesse, uh, when he came to me, his, he really had a desire to be traditionally published and. Um, I certainly respect that. I, I think had we not gotten any bites, we probably would have self-published and done it anyway. Um, there are, you know, there's pros and cons to 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 both. I think um, maybe more on one side than the other. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, one thing I knew for certain is that when last year started, and this was right before, right around the time we were negotiating the the deal, was was when COVID was hitting. This is late February, early March when this process started, and we got word that Baker might be interested. Well, at the beginning of that year, I had decided to let go of a couple of income streams on my business to make room for more public speaking and more in-person workshops. And you know, eight weeks later, COVID hits, and suddenly the thing I'd planned on doing all year long was not going to be a part of the plan, at least for the most part. Um, and I'd already let go of other streams of income to make room for doing this thing more. And so, um, a traditional book deal when you get one comes oftentimes with an advance. And so last year for me, based on all that was, had it just happened, that advance was really helpful, <laughs> you know, financially because of all that other stuff that, that was going on in the background. So that wouldn't have been there obviously with, uh, with a self-published book, um, so that turned out to be a huge, you know, blessing in disguise, uh, in hindsight.
0: Nice. And well, and it seems like you guys moved pretty quickly through the process. If you sign the book deal in February, March, April, that kind of time range and it's of 2020 and it's coming out at the end of August, 2021, I mean, a year and a half, that's mm-hmm. pretty quick for a traditional publisher. Um, so it seems like that process is, is moved relatively quickly. I'm sure it hasn't felt I can't move that quick, but as far as timelines in the publishing world goes, that's, that's pretty solid. Um, what, uh, let's, let's switch gears on the launch side of things. Um, what, if you had to sum up the overall kind of launch strategy, uh, behind the book, um, what, how would you describe it and what are the kind of two to three areas that you're focusing, um, to sell books? Mm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not an uncommon strategy. It's the, you know, uh, create as many bonuses as you can type strategy uh, and value them uh, sincerely as highly as you can. <laughs> and that's what we've, what we've done here. We've got, you know, pre-order bonuses. So everybody who pre-orders uh, uh, and gets the book right now for 40% off, if, if you're getting it before August 31st, Baker's offering our 40% off deal. Uh, So that's one perk, obviously, for pre-ordering it, but then also the $500 in bonuses, which includes a mini course, the audio book, a a bonus chapter, and some other digital assets uh, to go along with that. Um, So that's been the predominant uh, strategy thus far. Of course, I've been talking about it on my podcast that I've built an audience around for the last eight years and been talking about it on my podcast for quite some time. In fact, I even... um, Last year in anticipation of this, I stopped taking advertisers on my podcast so that I could, in my own mind, earn the right to talk about my book Ad Nauseum when the time came. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah, you know, so that was purposeful uh, on my part. And I and I'll be a guest on my own show here in the not too distant future uh, with a friend of mine doing that interview. And so, and I've done, of course, dozens already podcast interviews and will continue that process. Uh, Once the book launches, as well as TV and radio, I've got that that radio background, I've got a lot of connections there. And so I'm taking advantage of that. And, you know, the interesting thing to me, and I would say this for anybody who wants to write a book is you really have to to think about this far in advance in the sense that, you know, I feel like for eight years, and I didn't, again, when I started my podcast, I didn't know I was going to do a book. But for eight years, as Gary Vaynerchuk calls it, I've been jabbing. I've been jabbing for eight years, right? Um, And now it's time for a right hook from Jeff. Jeff's now going to ask you for something for the first time in eight years. And so what I have found that is because I've been jabbing for so long, that more people than I realized are coming to the plate and saying, I'll be more than happy to help you out. I'll be more than happy to interview you on my podcast. I'll be more than happy to tell my audience or my listeners or my email list about the book. I'll be more than happy to uh, to to pre order a copy, whatever it might be, or I'll be more than happy to endorse your book, Seth Godin. You know, it's like, oh wow, awesome, yes, <laughs> but you know, let's let's do that. So so that's been really cool to see after having given for so long. I think for the most part, um, to now be asking for something and see people come out of the woodwork ready to help and want to see this uh, succeed.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you've been building that that
1: that goodwill rolodex of
0: people <laughs> that you've had in your podcast for gosh years and years and years So that's cool to see so it sounds like um so you got you said you got a bunch of bonuses there's 40 percent off when you pre-order the book doing a bunch of podcast interviews um tapping some kind of your radio uh contacts um and that being kind of a lot of the 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 launch strategy for the book itself. You keyed on endorsements. Any tips um, for getting endorsements or things that you've learned um, from from going through that process that would be helpful for other authors?
1: Yeah, one thing I wish I had done that I did not do is ask for more of them. Um, the publisher in the early going said, "Hey, uh, it's endorsement time. We're going to need about six six to eight. And that was, oh, that's not many. I can do that. So I asked ten people. You know, I overshot ever so slightly. I I wished, because they came relatively easily. I'll say, I wished I'd asked thirty people. You know, uh, why stop it? I mean, I think that the publisher was just trying to like not overwhelm us, <laughs> and I didn't realize that at the time. I'm like, oh, well, that's the goal to shoot for. I'll, I'll go just beyond that. I should have gone way beyond that. And I and I still will collect some along the way. But there's only those nine out of the ten that we asked. That are actually in the book. There could have been so many more. Mm. Um, uh, and, and the one person who said no only said no because they're working on their own book and have deadlines they're up against and don't have time to read somebody else's book. And that's mm. fine. But everybody yeah. else we asked said yes. So, um, but but again, I, I'm I'm talking about you know folks I have built relationships with over a pretty good long period of time, at least a year. Um, and I found too that as I was in the case of my podcast, as I was interviewing some of these folks and thinking about. Well, this this, you know, Stephen M. R. Covey, that'd be nice to have an, an endorsement from him. I would find a way during the course of our conversation to drop, a, a, you know, a hint that I've got a book coming out, and, and invariably they would ask, "Well, what's the title of the book?" And when I would say that, like, they would they would almost offer to to endorse it, just having heard the title. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm behind that 100." So. Yeah. Obviously they, they, they needed to see it first and sign off on it and all that, but yeah but they got excited just hearing the title. Mark Miller, the uh, vice president of Leadership development, at Chick-fil-A, was one of those people who went, "Man, we're, yeah, let me see that when it comes out. So yeah, you know plant those seeds early. Um, you know I was, I was making these requests last year long before the publisher said, "Hey, we're going to need." I knew the, that would be a need mm. eventually. So I planted those seeds tip. early, not yeah. just when they asked me to go get them.
0: Great. So reach out, reach out sooner than you think um, that you need to. Um, what about, um, why do you think your uh, response rate was so high? And any tips that you'd share from that for people looking to get endorsements? Um, and how are you using the endorsements to, to
1: help sell more books? Yeah, uh, well, the, spot, the response rate, I think, um, you know, 90% uh, uh, for us, I think was, again, just because um, I had, I think, going out of my way to provide a platform for the people I was asking and provide an audience for what they were doing. Um, in the case of Seth Godin, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to whenever Seth says yes to me to do something like be on my podcast. Um, there was even the, the second time he was on my podcast, he, he almost declined because he was going horse and he'd done so many, but he did reluctant, I could kind of sense reluctantly said yes. And so I sent him uh, some lozenges from, from Amazon to help him with his throat. Little things like that, people are going to remember. And when I asked him about an endorsement, you know, his comment was based, I don't think he would mind me sharing this. His comment was basically, um, I'm really swamped, but for you, I'll do it. And I think it was because of those little things I had done along the way. And, and none of that was to buy his affection. It was only after he said yes to something that I would say, hey, thank you. Here's, here's a token of my appreciation because you said, yes, it wasn't, you know, don't try to strong arm people or yeah. you know, uh, uh, any of that nonsense. But I think he, he thought fondly about some of those things that I had gone out of my way to do uh, that I didn't have to do. Um, and so those little things, I think will go a long way when it comes time to, to seek that. As far as how we're leveraging them, um, I've seen our publicist at Baker uh, use references to who's endorsed the book in her email subject line to people she's seeking uh, interviews with. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was, that gets your attention right away, book endorsed by yada, yada, yada. Um, And I I complimented her on that because I thought that was such a great technique. That's smart. That's just one way.
0: That's smart. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, we're in the home, home stretch here. I'm going to uh, rapid fire a few final questions for you. Sure. Uh, what's been the two or three things that you've noticed that have moved the most books so far while you're in
1: the pre-order kind of phase? Mm, the thing that has moved the most books so far. Um, uh, you hinted at this earlier, and, and I think it's, it's hard for us. I have to remind myself of this, but whenever we're involved and so close to something like this, we can quickly feel like we're talking about it too much. Trust me when I say that's not possible. People aren't thinking about you as often as you think they are, <laughs> as often as you'd like to think they are. When I was in the radio business, I'd get sick of a song after about four weeks of playing it because I'd heard it so darn many times. The average listener has heard it an nth of amount of times you've heard it, right? And it's the same here. Um, I have, and you, you alluded to this, I have constantly finding new and different and unique ways Excuses to talk about the book. You thought it was already out, yet I'm treating it as if it is, because as far as I'm concerned, we're in that pre-order phase, and and and, and we want it, we want people to buy it. We want to line up those buyers, right? And so I'm treating it as if it's out already and talking about it every chance I get, in in creative ways, in unique ways, in interesting ways. And I find too that the thing people respond to the most, that I think prompts the most orders, is when I'm human, is when I'm real. I published a post on LinkedIn and Facebook and elsewhere of a picture of my mom with the advanced review copy in her, in her hands. That was so um, such a special moment for me to see her holding that. And I just talked about in my post about how special that was. My dad's no longer here. So I didn't get that chance with my dad. I missed that opportunity. Um, and I regret that, that I waited so long. You know, Think about Mm. Um, you know, the things you want to accomplish, um, and, and, and not putting them off for the people who might not be there to enjoy them with you later. And so to see my mom holding that in her, in her hand and be able to tell that story of what that felt like, and then being able to, to go around the room of the other people in there, somebody said, Oh, I wonder if I'm in here. And I was like, well, actually, you all are. And to pull out the acknowledgements and start reading from that and sharing with people how that impacted me and, and the process of, of, of making this, you know, uh, happen, was just so cool. And when I share stuff like that, people respond in droves, just be yeah. human, just be you. That's great.
0: Hey, Jeff, what's your, um, what's kind of the longer term sales plan? What's the plan for selling the book beyond the launch?
1: Yeah, it'll it'll be continued uh, interviews first and foremost. I don't plan to let up on those anytime soon. And and again, you know, I I'll be you know preaching the gospel of reading for as long as I've got breath in my lungs, um, and certainly via my podcast, we'll continue to to let people uh, know about it. Um, I plan to do uh, you know now. Uh, I don't know that I can say we're in a post COVID world uh, necessarily, but. Uh, Public speaking is definitely going to be ramping up uh, this year and beyond, although that wasn't able to happen uh, last year. I just love being in front of people. I love seeing faces. I love talking to people about this subject. I love training on these topics. And so any opportunity I get to do that over the coming years, months and years, I'm going to take advantage of those opportunities. And any chance I have to do interviews like this one, definitely going to be doing that as well. Awesome.
0: Jeff, knowing what you know now, what would be your advice for the Jeff from a couple years ago before writing this book? And, and I guess specifically the other Jeffs out there that are podcasters mm. thinking about writing uh, and publishing a book, what would be your advice to, to those folks knowing what you know now?
1: Yeah. I, as we grow up, uh, we have well-meaning people in our lives and I don't mean to discount this advice because it often comes from parents or teachers that impacted us or, or well-meaning coaches But the advice is often something along the lines, Chandler, of you know, if you just believe in yourself enough, you can do X, Y, Z. And that's not bad advice necessarily, but I believe the doing has to come first. That oftentimes, and this was the case for me, and it took me a long time to realize it, that I need to start taking action and trust that my confidence and my belief in myself will eventually catch up, right? Seth Godin said it this way, um, we don't take action because we believe. We believe because we take action, do first, believe second. And ever since I've followed sort of that mantra and that way of thinking, I find that my life is a lot more exciting. I find that I'm outside my comfort zone more often, which makes life more exciting and less boring. That's a good place to be. Uh, And so that that would be my advice is to not think you have to be a certain way or start before you're ready. Um, I think it was uh, Reed Hoffman at LinkedIn who said, you know, if you launch something and six months later, you're not embarrassed by it, you wait too long. (laughs) So Mm, so keep that in mind.
0: Yes. That's great advice. Jeff, this has been awesome. Um, Thank you for doing this. Where where can people go um, to pre-order the book, purchase the book, support the launch, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Uh, It's read to lead book com. If you want to just kick the tires, if you're not certain about this Jeff guy and what he has to offer, you can download the introduction and the first chapter for free, if you like. Uh, if you're listening to this before August 31st, by chance, you can get that 40% discount in the, in, in the uh, bonuses. Uh, if this is after August 31st, those are gone. But again, you can download the intro on that first chapter if you want to check it out first and sort of kick the tires. But I think, I think you're going to like it.
0: Awesome. Guys, um, grab the book. This is a topic... That people need to know about (laughs) and and that needs to get out there. So even if you're thinking the book isn't for me, buy a copy for someone you know who needs more reading in their life, which if you're thinking you don't know someone that needs more reading in your life, either you know no one or you need to think (laughs) harder. Um, because I know about 30 people in my life <laughs> uh, that uh, that need this book. All right. So uh, read to lead uh, book.com, grab a copy for yourself uh, or for someone who you know. And um, as Jeff said, uh, writers are readers. And so if, whether you're, uh, you know, listening to this podcast or watching this on YouTube as an author or as an aspiring author, <laughs> one of the best ways to to write better is to read. Uh, And when we, when when we encourage more people to read, that means more people buying books, (laughs) which supports you as an author. Uh, And, and also just, I mean, the whole ecosystem of learning. I mean, you know, you hear me talk about this all the time is books change lives. They change the lives of readers. They change the lives of authors. (laughs) And so we've all had our lives changed by reading uh, a book uh, and when you write and publish a book, it, the, the book changes your life in the process of that. So um, check out this book, grab a copy, read to lead book.com. Jeff, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me Chandler. I really appreciate it. All right. Boom. How else can we support oh. the launch? Uh, Well, gosh, what else could I possibly ask of you that you haven't already done? Um. Uh, gosh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Email your list. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a bit, that's a bit of an ask, but uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think everything you've done has just been tremendous. I really appreciate it.
0: Cool. Um, well, man, let us know how we can support further. Um, we'll, we'll put this podcast out in just a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, hopefully drum up some pre-orders.
1: I appreciate that. Hey, do you mind me snapping a photo of you holding of the book up there on the on camera?
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome, thank you, sir.
0: Boom. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'll share that on social too. And then, Katie, see so if you'll make sure we turn off the recording, um, and then we'll just want to edit, um, um, edit, and cut off the back piece once we. Um, once we pull this for, thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the self-publishing school podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to YouTube channels that you'd be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now I want you to do three things right now. If you found this episode, right. all right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel It's a companion channel to this podcast, all the video versions of the episode or on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode.